have the Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? It looked great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year we, we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guys Day. It was being ranked. I mean, how do you lose? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Vipers Viper Cast. Joining me today, as always, Tara Roberts and Major Caldwell. Now, when we talk about the National Football League, we know that consistency is key. You cannot have a bad week or else you're going to drop an L in the column there and find yourself on the outside looking in come playoff time. Well, the same can be said when it comes to fantasy football. And when you're talking about fantasy football consistency, the conversation needs to begin and end with Mr. Bob Long. How you doing today, Bob? Doing great. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. No, no. Too kind. Very too kind. Uh, thank you for having me. As always, always love coming on the Dynasty Vipers. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited that we're going to talk about the consistency guide that's out there on Amazon and share some of that knowledge. And then hope everybody go out and start using a little bit more in their uh, draft prep. Yeah, we're going to talk about players that you can trust, players that could be busting, and guys that we're probably sleeping on. We're also going to talk about that 2023 Fantasy Football Expo down in Canton, Ohio. I believe that's August 11th to the 13th this season. And you do not want to miss this. From fantasy football analysts to the casual fan, there is something there for everybody. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later in the show because I make the trip every last three years at least down mm -hmm. from my little nest here in the Rocky Mountains, the Canadian Rocky Mountains, all the way across to Canton, Ohio. And there's nothing I would rather do than spend my time with Bob Long and his crew. I mean, you and your family put so much work into that each and every year, making sure your guests are comfortable. I mean, I can't think of a better it's, – it's, you can bring your family. I literally brought my wife last year, who's not a big football for person there, and she was able to enjoy herself somewhat. I mean, I use that word kind of casually because it, it wasn't her thing, but she was still able to go out there and enjoy it. I mean, if you like those small, little big town, I guess, the, what's the best way to even describe Canton? It, it's small, it's, like it's a, small town, Midwest, USA. It's perfect. Everything's 10 minutes from each other. You know, there, if there's a traffic jam, you just go around both the cars and move on. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's, it's we're going to hope to clog things up this year because I'm hoping to have like a Waffle House draft like 2 o'clock in the morning there and see what kind of transpires out of that. But when we talk about publications and consistency, we have to talk about the Fantasy Football Guide. We're talking about nominated, not just six times. It's been nominated six times, but six years in a row, winning it all back in 2018. That's right, 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, and you're darn well tootin' going to believe it's going to be there in 2023 as well. Yes. So and we've, we've got the, what is it, the, in 2023, you've got the uh, the consistency forecaster kind of thrown in there too. you got some new little wrinkles into this whole magazine. What is new in the consistency guide here for 2023 that you can purchase on Amazon right now? Right. Get it on Amazon. And if you're a prime member, you should get it in two days. Uh, yeah. It's just, you know, it, it's very much the same. Hey, from year to year, it's very consistent. Let's be honest. Uh, it gives you the data that you need to know. And, and many, many people who are struggling out there and, and, and you may, the, you know, one of your listeners may be one of those people. Hey, I make the top six every year in scoring, but my I, half the time I barely make the playoffs. What's going on? 
probably <laughs> inconsistency of your players. You're drafting right. guys who are top 10, top 20 in scoring, but they're 50% consistent. So one week they're helping you, next week they're not. And that's not a good uh, good, good way to make the playoffs. And, and a lot of times that's what happens. That's how I created this thing was I had a year that I was second in scoring and I was 7-7 in the regular season, didn't make the playoffs. And, and I created this from here because I was like, wait a minute, something's going wrong. And I figured it out. And now it helps me and helps so many others get to that point. So when you develop, talk about developing that consistency guy. Like you, you mentioned that you needed to find some consistency. How do you crunch these numbers? How, how do you determine who's consistent, who's not consistent? Because I, I like to try and run my own projections. And I'm not going to mm. lie. There's people that do projections with all kinds of weird Excel formulas and what have you not. That's not really my style there. But when you <laughs> develop consistency, you're looking at certain metrics that are going to project well for these fantasy football players or what's what they're going to, what's going to happen for them here. What are some of the main categories that you're looking at when you formulate this all? Well, basically it's some factors have come into play, number of teams in your league, uh, the scoring method itself. Um, and then basically it just kind of calculates what I call a clutch factor or the consistency factor. And then that is how many points does that position player have to score in a given week to earn over what is considered the starting lineup. So 12 quarterbacks, 24 running backs, 36 receivers, um, you know, and then 12, 12 tight ends in a typical league. Um, obviously you can edit the scoring on the website. There's a tool there called the consistency report. If you're in a 14 team league or you play with, you know, different scoring methods, you can adjust it to what you need to adjust. But, you know, the stuff we'll talk about stuff that's in the guys, your traditional one quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, tight end, um, no flexes and, you know, but if you, you know, you can always rearrange that, um, in a PPR scoring. So it just calculates that typically for wide receivers and running backs, it's over 11 points a game. Quarterbacks is over 20 and tight ends are over around eight traditionally. Yeah. I mean, that sounds really good. And I'm all the way with you. I think I found a mistake already. You have Josh Allen as your number one quarterback. Um, talk to us about that. I don't know if Josh Allen is the most consistent when we have Patrick Mahomes still in the league. Talk to me about that, Bob. Well, as they always say, numbers don't lie. Josh <laughs> Allen last year, 94%. Patrick Mahomes, 88%. Um, actually, Allen missed one game, which if he had scored his typical 20-23 fantasy points, he would have been ahead of Mahomes in total points as well. So they're, they're neck and neck. I, I'm not going to split hairs. If you're a Patrick Mahomes guy over Josh Allen at number as your first quarterback, you have no argument for me whatsoever. Um, they're definitely one, two right there. So yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it. But yeah, Allen was a little more consistent last year by one game. Uh, with number two, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I you know disagree with Major. I think you've got it right here. But um, Patrick well, Mahomes. Is that's new. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, about it. <laughs> yeah. It's, like you said, uh, whether it's Joshua, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, they're both great. They're both very consistent. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to matter who's, you know, Mahomes is like Tom Brady used to be. Uh, it doesn't matter who's playing wide receiver. Kelsey certainly helps a lot, but doesn't, you know, they lost Tyreek and everybody went, oh, that's it. Magic Mahomes is done. He's never, and look what he did. He used a bunch of common players, Juju, MVS, those kind of guys, and still ended up first in total points. And, you know, 88% consistent. So it's hard to argue him at number two or number one, depending on where you're at. 
I mean, we're, we've got the Scott Fishbowl coming here right now. We know that Scott Fish likes to put all kinds of weird twists in there. And <laughs> a lot of people are jumping in in those first three quarter, our first three draft selections here to get one of these big dogs here at the quarterback position, whether that's Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, or the number three guy here on the consistency, who's actually grown quite a bit. Uh, when you look at last year's consistency guide mm -hmm. to this year's consistency guide, he may be the biggest riser at the quarterback position, and that is Jalen Hurts. What are you seeing from him last year compared to what you're seeing coming into this year? Well, you know, just everything fell in place. They added A.J. Brown, which helped tremendously, gave them a real number one, a wide receiver, uh, you know, paired with Devontae Smith, and having Dallas Goddard, which is one of the best tight ends in the league outside with – outside the name of Kelsey. Uh, that's really what helped him, you know, good coaching, uh, good offense, great offensive line. He makes good decisions. Um, and of course his feet give you a lot of fantasy points uh, that his arm does not on, a, on occasions. That certainly doesn't hurt as well. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Hurts ends up number one this year. I mean, if he really breaks out and even, you know, continues to improve, he could be the number one guy. And, and that's why those two are really going one, two, three, in, in various orders, depending on who's ranking them. Right. And I think this is where it gets really interesting here. Like everyone else on the, in the top five scored like 80 and up or 80% and up. But mm -hmm. then uh, Justin Herbert stuck in there with 53%. How, how does that work to so explain how, <laughs> explain well, how he got up in there. So, so what you, what you see in the guide is where I have ranked them for this upcoming year. Okay. Um, not exactly that they were, you know, their percentage from the year before. So again, while history is good and consistency definitely takes history into play, um, it's also the, I call expected consistency rating. What do I expect out of them? And just two years ago, Mr. Herbert was third in total points and third in consistency at the, at the quarterback position with these same players involved. Um, he played most of the season with damaged ribs, damaged cartilage, all kinds of problems, let alone the fact that his Number one and number two receiver missed both missed about half the season, and yet he still ended up eighth in total points. Yeah, the consistency wasn't there because the consistency of the health of that team wasn't there. Right. Um, everybody's healthy. We assume let's assume the Keaton Allen and Mike Williams can make it through 12, 14 games this year. Uh, and and he's hundred percent healthy. Josh is or not Josh. Um, um Justin. yeah, um, Justin is so that's why I have him up there. You know, just before Joe Burrow, I know there's a lot of Burrow fans that are probably, you know, taking their voodoo dolls of Bob Lung and stabbing it with a pen. But um, <laughs> look, I love Burrow, too. And, you know, but I just feel like Herbert and Burrow are right there at that four or five spot. And that's that's because he has been there in the past. I expect him to get back there this year. Did adding oh, by the way, he's playing for a 40 million dollar contract, probably. Right. And then uh, adding adding another receiver, that young receiver was a Quentin Johnson. They got mm -hmm. like, did that go into any uh, is that factored in there? It certainly helped. Right. Because we've got a better if one of those two, because you assume one of them will get hurt. Um, definitely. Quentin Johnson is going to be a lot better than a Jalen Guyton and DeAndre Carter, whatever they're still say throughout there. So next up, Joe Burrow. Uh I, you know, I, this one is interesting because, again, we, you know, we talked about Justin Herbert coming in there before him. Now, with Joe Burrow, um, he's a high-volume quarterback, but he does kind of have – I guess he kind of falls into that category of those guys that we're seeing that maybe don't have the upside 
of their legs. He, you know, he moves around a little bit. He's mobile. He gets around the pocket, but he doesn't have that rushing upside. So is that why he kind of falls below those other guys who, you know, Herbert did traditionally when he did have the breakout year, did do a little bit better on the ground. So is that kind of what knocks Joe Burrow down a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, again, I think this these these top five could easily any of them could be first at the end of the year. I mean, a Burrow, let's say, you know, let's say Jamar Chase doesn't get hurt. I mean, he missed five games last year. If he plays all 17 games, they got a better offensive line, improvement on the offensive line. Um, Joe Mixon, we don't know what's going on there. We assume he's going to play again and assume he's going to be part of the team. But let's be honest, this team revolves around that quarterback and those three wide receivers. Right. I, I could easily see, once again, I could easily argue that, wouldn't surprise me if Joe Burrow ends up being first in total points in number one consistency this year. So it, that top five is, but that's also the reason that top five is being drafted in rounds one, two, and three. And if you don't get them before the end of round three, maybe early round four, you're not touching them. Um, Herbert's the only one that's falling outside of that. He's going around five, six, which is why he'll probably be on a lot of my teams. Cause I kind of like to wait, but if you want one of those five, which of all, proven their consistency and their talent, you got to pick them a little earlier than you used to. So that's the tough point this year. Yeah, you look at their numbers last year. I think they were all in the top eight when it came to consistency and fantasy points last season. When you look at the next tier, we all know that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson, they're going to have the potential to crack that top five when fantasy points are all said and done. But when you look at a sleeper, if you dig a little bit deeper, so I want to ask you who that sleeper pick is because last year – it was probably Geno Smith, who was probably the fifth most consistent quarterback on the board if you look at his numbers from 2022. So, one, I want to ask you, who's this year's Geno Smith? Maybe it's Geno Smith. Maybe it's Jared Goff again. Or, And then on the other one, when I look at how the expected fantasy points breaks down on here, one of the guys that's a little bit lower that you maybe expect to be a little bit higher, and maybe it's an injury thing with him, but Tua Tugavaloa is a little bit lower down on these rankings. So kind of talk about uh, Tua's ranking on here, why it's a little bit lower. And then who that sleeper is, who's that Geno Smith, Jared Goff, because a lot of us are not going to get one of those top five quarterbacks. Right. And we may punt the position to a little bit later. And often that hurts us, right? That's going to hurt us. We need right. to find who that's going to be. So, Bob, your formula, who's that Who's that sleeper going to be? Who do we need to get? Well, just real quick on two, it's just really the injury scenario. I, right. I, he scares me to death. Yeah, yeah if, if you told me, hey, he's completely clear, he has no issues and he's, you know, ready to roll. And I get it. Any quarterback can get hit and have issues, but he just seems like I just don't want to take that chance. And that's the only reason he's down. I just don't think he's going to make it. I, I, I hope he does. I hope I'm wrong, um, but I won't be drafting him. But sleeper wise. So try not to laugh real loud when I say this, but it's Daniel Jones. Um, oh, no. Last year, last year, hear me out. Hear me out. So last year he was ranked basically top 12 in both consistency and total points. But the last eight games of the year, he averaged 22 and a half fantasy points per game and was 75% consistent. If he can match those numbers for a whole season, he's top six, top seven. And you can draft him in like round 10, round eight. You're, if you're looking for somebody, you want to load up on your wide receivers, your running backs, your tight ends, just lock down that offense. Daniel Jones could be the guy that could help you get that, you know, the consistency you need. He's not going to, no, he's not going to put up 35 points a week like Mahomes and Allen, 
but you want that 20 to 25 points a week, that's your guy. I'm with you. I know that pains major so much, but that was that consistency and that solid floor that Daniel Jones has was one of the reasons that I loved him as a, you know, the huge streaming option and, you know, um, DFS option last year as well. Just because when you look at him and all the tools that he has, you know, it makes sense that he'll be able to take that leap another year with Brian Dable, adding additional weapons. They literally just throwing everything they can to find a wide receiver core that will work for them investing in the draft. So I can see where, you know, he's able to repeat on that last, you know, that final um, back half of the season success. So I'm with you 100% on that one. Mm-hmm. We are, a, right, I don't know if Bobby realize this, but we are a very pro vanilla Vic oh, on this TV yeah. show, on this podcast. Right Vic. Now. I, I hate the nickname. <laughs> I think I, I hate him because of the nickname. It's, it's all Tara and Matt's fault. That's why I do not like Matt. I mean, uh, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, have a, Major, have a you get one. I'll give you one. It's either Vanilla Vic or the Mayo Moon. Okay, you get one or the other. That's it. No, neither. <laughs> we got to figure something else out for that kid's nickname because Vanilla Vic is not it. Uh, let's man, let's let's get out these quarterbacks. Let's let's get into some running backs. But before I uh, talk to you about this first one you have here, um, is it a different way of ranking each position? Um, or is it kind of like the same formula for each position? The same formula um, for each position. You know, obviously what it does, though, is that when it's doing the division factor and figuring out that clutch factor, it is calculated only for that position. But like I said, both running backs and wide receivers and PPR pretty much are around 11 points um, to kind of earn that clutch game to get you the consistency you're looking for. Okay, so if we get into our our top pick here, we got Christian McCaffrey here. Um, how how do you rank him number one when the consistency is not always there with the injury? He's the injury part, kind of like what you said about Tua. It's kind of like that with Christian as well. How do you kind of balance that out to make him number one? I mean. I guess I have him number one because of what he can do in a football game. I mean, and the fact that he's in San Francisco, he has nobody to compete with. They're certainly going to use him as much as they can. Um, But I would definitely say that if you said to me, well, I would rather pick Austin Eckler first. I'm good. It's kind of like the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. Those two are just splitting hairs. Um, You probably have a better shot at Eckler playing all 17 games or 16 games. Um, versus McCaffrey, but he did play all 17 games last right. year. Um, yeah, I mean, again, injuries are injuries. Yeah, we want to say McCaffrey's injury prone, but, you know, he toughed it out last year and, you know, it was very successful. Um, the difference this year is that, you know, I've most of the drafts I've done so far, whether it's best ball or, or even mocks, um, you're only seeing three, maybe four running backs going in the first round. So it's just a different scenario. It's not like, you have to pick McCaffrey at first overall. You can get McCaffrey number five because um, you see you, you can easily see four, three or four wide receivers go and Kelsey and then McCaffrey's available. So it's just a different, definitely a different scenario this year um, from what I'm seeing. And I'm assuming it'll continue the rest of the summer. But, yeah, it's it's been interesting. Yeah. So with the with the injuries, though, like how do you factor that in is that just kind of like off of your gut like hey you know he may be injured in the past but i feel yeah. like his is not as crucial as like a tua like a head injury thing like is yeah it, right how do, you, how do you like uh how does that equate to, to to all these formulas here yeah i think it's it's more of a 
you know, if they're if they had significant injuries like an ACL or an Achilles or something that can affect their movement, that's a little bit different. McCaffrey's seems to be back 100 percent. His has always been like just tweaks here, tweaks there. Right. Um, I think he's just extra careful um, before he comes back. That seems to be the, the trend versus a ACL tear or a you know Achilles tear where, you know, it's you're really going to have to kind of give a little kind of scale them back a little bit to where they're coming back and where they're going to be. So Austin Eckler at number two, I think this one is kind of interesting because so everybody knows I'm just, you know, Austin Eckler, number one for me in every way. Love PPR. Um, but this one is interesting because while, you know, Austin Eckler has been a, literally a pillar of consistency, uh, amazing floor, fantastic ceiling, all you could mm -hmm. ask for in a running back. We're in this weird situation now where we don't 100% know what direction this offense is going to go. You know, they've obviously, you know, invested in Quentin Johnston. Um, they've got their new offensive coordinator who, you know, while we can look to what Dallas did last year, we know that there was a little bit of a battle there between Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. And what we see from Kellen Moore might be starkly different than what we saw um, him, you know, utilize his players in Dallas. So there's a little mm -hmm. bit of unknown with Austin Eckler. Does, does coaching um, changes or, you know, changes in potential schemes have any effect on the ranking for you? I mean, it certainly does in the rankings. I mean, consistency is the numbers. I mean, the numbers are the numbers. But yeah, I mean, I certainly look at, you know, like, for example, Josh Jacobs, who, you know, was third in total points last year, 71% consistent. I don't have as much love for him as I did last year when he was heading in the season, just because of the changes around him and the coaching and the new quarterback. So yeah, I always take that in effect. Austin Eckler's almost coach proof because he's so talented and he's on every play, right? He's going to catch balls out of the backfield. That's his forte. If Kellen Moore is going to be more pass oriented than run oriented, and we're all excited, right? Now uh, Eckler's not going to run the ball as much, but he'll catch eight passes or ten passes a game instead of six or eight. You know, I mean, so I think we're all excited about Eckler from that standpoint with Kellen Moore coming in there. Well, the number three back on this list. I mean, a lot of us were excited. He came out gangbuster there last season. Everything was going well for Saquon Barkley. And before I really get diving in here on Saquon Barkley. One of the interesting things is, is when we look historically back on rookies and that clutch rate, mm -hmm. um, you mentioned uh, Austin Eckler right before the 94% clutch rate there last season. Well, Saquon Barkley has the best clutch rate there going back to 2018 amongst rookie backs. And spoiler alert, Bijan Robinson's not in the top five. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. A lot of people have him in their mm -hmm. top five when it comes to redraft rankings. Now, saying all that, just remember, these are not like – the de facto number one, this is how you have to kind of go with. This is a guide, right? This is this is about consistency, what's been established, what we know the norm to be right now to kind of guide you through your selections and whatnot. But looking at it, like Saquon Barkley, he had the best ever in 2018. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott in 2016 had a 93% clutch rate. Le'Veon Bell, 92% uh, clutch rate back in 2013. So those are the guys who cracked 90%. Cracking 90% as a rookie is very difficult to do. So mm -hmm. when we don't hear B.J. Robinson's name, maybe we'll talk about him a little bit later. Sure. In comparison to a guy like Saquon Barkley, who's been there and done that with the historical best rookie season ever by a running back, mm -hmm. coming in at your number three spot. Kind of talk about what you see from Saquon Barkley. Can he consist – Like part of the consistency part is being consistent throughout the season. There was a bit of a tail off towards the back end. 
Maybe he was being run a little bit too hard. Maybe, you know, he came out too strong there after that ACL injury and then kind of wore down. Do you see that being a problem here in 2023? No, I think a couple of things with Barkley. Number one, last year he was playing for a big contract. So he, guess what? Magically played every one of his games. Oh, I take that back. He missed one. He didn't get the contract. He got, he got tagged, right? So now he's playing again for a contract. Um, you've got a different coach. You've got a better offense now in Brian Dable in there, um, which I think helped him a lot last year as well because they got Daniel and Jones more involved in the passing game. They, they, they better play calling, better scenario, just I think worked well for everybody on that team. Um, and that's why I have him there again this year. I really feel like nothing much has changed. Uh, you know, again, they've, I think they've improved their offensive line, if I'm not mistaken, through the draft as well in free agency. Um, so I think they're going to rely on Barkley more or just as much as they did last year. And I think that's why I have him ranked that high. Yeah. I mean, your fourth one here is like somebody I feel is kind of flying under the radar. It was just a couple years ago when this guy was like the number one mm-hmm. guy in all of football. And all of a sudden, no one's talking about him anymore. And, you know, they have a new young quarterback over there who everyone's like drooling over. So I feel like no one's really talking about Jonathan Taylor. Uh, talk to us about why you put him at four. I think I put him at four mostly for the fact that I don't think he he's going to be a it's I think he's still going to have a tough road this year um, having a rookie quarterback or, you know, or Gardner Minshew, as we call him, a.k.a. Matt Donnelly's lookalike, um, <laughs> and, you know, playing the quarterback position. Uh, it's going to make it tough for Taylor to not get eight men stacked in that box. Right. Um, which is going to make it hard for him to put up the fantasy points that he did just two years ago. And yeah, he did it with I don't know, who the heck was the quarterback? <laughs> they changed all, was it Wentz? I think Matt Ryan, maybe you know. Was, 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 was yeah, Wentz they, there, Ellinger's there, Nichols, yeah, whoever, yeah. everybody. So you know, I think he's you know, yeah, he's flying under the radar, but he's still going early second round. So you know, again, as I was saying, I was on a show the other night and we were talking about Jonathan Taylor, and I said, look, I like Jonathan Taylor. He's definitely one of the most talented young running backs in the league, but. When you're drafting those situations and you're at the end of that first round and you're looking at guys like A.J. Brown or C.D. Lamb or Jonathan Taylor, would you go with the 80 percent, 90 percent consistent wide receivers or a guy that you're you know is going to be good, but you don't know which games he's going to get held in check because the offense can't move at the quarterback position. So I like him. I have him fourth. I think it's mostly just because he has that talent. Um, the consistency still may be around the, you know, 65, 70% versus 80, 85, but he's so good that he can bust off those 30 point games and have three touchdowns if, and they're in a very poor division with the Texans and, you know, uh, and the like. So yeah, that's what, that's where, that's why I got him at four. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor is one of those, it's, it's weird because we're almost guaranteed a bounce back year. It can, right. You know, with everything that happened, you're, you're going to see that moving forward, but there's so many unknown factors in terms of how, you know, the new quarterback and everything is going to affect him. Mm. Um, so I think, you know, number four coming in there and, you know, early round two makes sense for him. Number five, Derek Henry. I love this because, you know, he's one that, especially in redraft, people just kind of, 
tend to struggle with because they're always trying to predict, you know, when is he going to hit that cliff? When are right. we going to see, you know, the reduction in efficiency? And we've seen it gone down a little, but he's still Derrick Henry and even reduced rate Derrick Henry is still just far and above um, the vast majority of the league. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let's talk Derrick Henry at number five. Yeah, I think you pretty much said it all for me. He is exactly who he is. Um, when you think he's not going to be still tough enough to power through, he was fourth last year in total points, 75% consistent. Um, you know, Ryan Tannehill will probably still be the quarterback for most of the year. It's a last hurrah for him. Um, I think Henry's going to do his best to go out there and, you know, he gets to play the Texans twice a year, so that's 250 yards rushing uh, in each game and three touchdowns. So, you know, those, those are the games you got to play he's just too consistent not to put in that spot. I mean, certainly there's guys like Najee Harris and Nick Chubb and those kind of folks that are close enough. Like, again, I would, I wouldn't argue if somebody said, well, Mike, you know, I'd rather have Najee over him or Chubb over him. Okay. I, I can't argue that they're all very close. Um, but boy, if you, you really need somebody you can rely on and he's going as RB nine in like round three. Wow. I, you know, Amazing. can I get Jefferson and C.D. Lamb and then exactly. take Derrick Henry? I'm cool that, with that. Uh, that is an amazing team. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into sleepers here, when you talk about clutch games, can we talk about that clutch rate percentage there, clutch games. I found it very interesting. So first, just kind of let everyone know what a clutch game consists of. What do you have to do to get a clutch game in? Well, like I said before, it's based on the calculation in the, in, in the system that's on the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website. Um, but in a traditional PPR scoring, quarterbacks um, in a four-pass, four-touchdown passing is about 20 points to earn a clutch game. Running backs, wide receivers, PPR is around 11, and tight ends are about eight. Uh, and if you get over that, you earn a clutch game, more clutch games, more consistent, and that's kind of how it's all calculated out. Yeah, like at the quarterback position, you said that clutch game at 20 points there. I mean, if we yeah. get 18 points out of our quarterback on any given week, we usually feel pretty good about that. Mm -hmm. What I found interesting is when I dove into this consistency guide, the top three clutch games last season at the running back position didn't really shock me. Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Austin Eckler. But what did shock me was the other running back there that had 13 clutch games, which was right there with Barkley, with Eckler, and with Christian McCaffrey. And that was Najee Harris, mm -hmm. who a lot of people, and I've I've been put on notice by a lot of people for being high on Harris this season. His offensive line has improved drastically. Mm -hmm. uh, Isaac Samola there, the guard out of Philadelphia, who is the one player the Eagles did not want to lose. The big man, Broderick Jones, he should come in and start at left tackle, maybe not right off the get-go, yeah. but he should be there right away. The dude was getting 1.71 yards per, con or per <laughs> attempt before contact. Running behind those guys on the left side is going to improve it. So I, I was really shocked to see that when I looked at it all here. I'm like, oh, man, Harris should be a lot higher on a lot of people's lists when they're looking at drafting. Right now, you're getting a probably start of the third is kind of mm -hmm. where he's going in a lot of drafts that I've seen, mm -hmm. maybe a little bit later. But when we talk about these sleeper running backs, I mean, everyone's already calling the Tony Pollards, the Brees Youngs, the Ramondre Stevensons. These are guys that we all kind of feel are going to be um, breakout type players heading into 2023. Who's that breakout player here that like, I'm looking down the list? Is it Miles Sanders who maybe we're forgetting about? Because he seems like the guy we're always forgetting about. So kind of talk to us about him a little bit. And then talk to us about why you still got Kenneth Walker 
as high as you do because a lot of people are actually scared of his situation there with the additional pass catchers there in Seattle, maybe transitioning a little bit more pass heavy. And Zach Charbonnet is no joke in that backfield. All right, where do you want me to start? <laughs> well, let's go with Miles Sanders because – All right, Miles Sanders. Well, the funny thing was Najee Harris is on my consistent under player, undervalued players in my guide, which would be your sleepers. Najee Harris was number one on the list. Number two on the list is Miles Sanders. Um, and let me walk you through this scenario because um, this is how I wrote it up. Last year, you know, he was, you know, what, uh, remember, let me look. Uh, 15th in total points, 23rd consistency. Why was he that low? Not because he didn't rush. He had a lot of yards. He couldn't score any touchdowns because Jalen Hurts steals them all. So <laughs> if he just keeps his rushing yards that he had last year, and now he's basically the main back in Carolina, and you just add four more touchdowns, just add four touchdowns. Not, I mean, he had like 10 probably stolen away from Jalen Hurts. Um, and he gets, let's add 30 catches because there's nobody else to throw to in Carolina other than a bunch of, you know, average wide receivers, he's going to be at 272 fantasy points in the top seven. That's where he would have ranked. His RB, his ADP right now is RB24, and that's probably being generous because I think it might have been fallen. Let's see, I just updated it. Now up to 23. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's like, and, and he's going in, you know, fourth round, Again, could be your RB2, but after you load up on wide receivers. So I love Miles Sanders. I think he's a great sleeper this year for sure. And then just talk about that Kenneth Walker situation there because I know you're higher on him than most mm -hmm. people are. I think a lot of people are scared off by that situation. Kind of really pushed him down the rankings. That didn't really seem to affect you much. No, I really like Kenneth Walker. I mean, again, you know, you look at well, – he missed a couple games. He was 18th in total points, but he really didn't get started until – you know what, middle of the season when they really started letting him lose. But yet he ended the year only two two clutch games behind 13, which, you know, so he had 11. So he was just two clutch games behind the Najee Harris and the Barkleys and all those folks. And yet we've got him at RB15. I've got him at RB8 um, because he was ninth in consistency last year. And now he's going to get a full season. We all know that, you know, the coach of the Seahawks, who I just went brain dead on, Pete Carroll, um, loves to run the ball. And if he's running the ball well, he's going to use that. I mean, I don't see that changing as long as Pete Carroll is running, the, running that team. Um, yeah, I know they added, you know, JSN, but okay. So, but Walker was running well. They were winning football games. That's what they're all about, you know, and that certainly takes the pressure off Geno Smith to be able to th throw those balls and make those completions. And I think that's what they're going to do for the best of the team. And, I think Kenneth Walker is a nice, you know, nice, you know, fourth round pick. Um, and I'd be happy to get him as my RB2 in fourth round if that's where he falls to, for sure. There you have it. Bob Lung is talking about Kenneth Walker turning off the lights on a lot of fantasy managers heading into 2023. See what I did there, Tara? I did that one <laughs> yes, just for you. Thank you. <laughs> now, what we're not turning the lights off on is Fantasy Football Expo because, listen, there's no bigger party when it comes to fantasy football. This thing is growing each and every year. Uh, what are we on year number eight now, Bob? Is that accurate? Four? For number four. The King's Classic's older than the actual. King's Classic's only one year older. It's going into, it's year, it's actually year, you're right, it's year six. 
for Kings okay. Five. So we will yeah, we all know Matt, Matt can't count, so we just we let him just. I thought maybe it was, I thought it was a uh, next time disagree with him. Conversion rate or something. Yeah. I missed That's out. exactly what it is. It's the Canadian to the American conversion rate. And then I'm using metric here when I'm trying to make the calculations, and it's getting lost there. So. I'm feeling pretty good about myself now. If this, if this is number four, and I've been to three of them, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, so if okay. I'm coming all the way from the Canadian Rockies all the way down to the Fantasy Football Expo, there's really no excuse for I know someone from California or someone from Texas not being able to make it to the event. I'm not I'm not calling anyone out or anything, but I'm just going to throw it out there. Now, Bob, when we talk about this expo, each and every year, this thing gets bigger and bigger and mm. bigger and better and better and better. So. What you have, I mean, we had cornhole going on there. We had just about, we had the touch football, the flag football, the quarterback competition. Uh, mm-hmm. We might have to bring some extra doctors out this year when we're talking about some of these events. Yeah. Uh, new, I just seen a new sponsor come out for the uh, the party there on Saturday night's uh, party. The, yeah. The Saturday party there. Fantasy football advice forum. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we've got big, big time things going on. I mean, we, we've taken this party from inside, outside to a, like a football stadium, taking over an entire football stadium. What do we got in store here for 2023? Because I know you've always got something else coming down the line every single time. Oh, yeah. So um, pretty similar. So Friday night party, Centennial Plaza, downtown, Cornhole Tournament again. I will not be playing this year. I will retire as champion. Because I don't oh, want to yeah. take it. Okay, okay. I see how this we're working. Retire yeah. at the top. Smart, smart move. Yeah, I'm going to be like Peyton Manning. Um, <laughs> retire on top. Um, so that's going to happen Friday uh, downtown, as always. Uh, you know, the as you said, Saturday, we have the, the Kings Classic drafts and all that stuff will be happening at the Hall of Fame. Uh, we will be doing the flag football uh, competition inside the dome this year because the dome is finished. Nice. So that way we don't have to worry about weather. Even though last year was really nice, it was perfect. We love to be in the big stadium. Um, I just cannot take that risk. And I so I want to keep it inside. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you never know. But we're going to do that indoors inside the dome, uh, which is a uh, indoor football field, kind of blow up dome, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the cool part is that is also where we're going to hold the expo this year. We outgrew the hotel. Um, there's no more room to pack in there. So we're going to do in the back of the football area, there's a big flat place. We're going to put all 50 of the uh, Expo booths. Um, the, the, probably the main stage will be back there. We're going to have a, a stage inside the lobby, um, all kinds of cool stuff. Of course, Sirius XM will be broadcasting live both days as always. Uh, so, yeah, so now we can have like 5,000 people show up and we have plenty of room because this place is 100,000 square foot. Uh, so that's yeah. the big thing for the expo on Sunday. Um, we're going to get a lot of uh, support this year from the Hall of Fame Village, the, the museum. Um, you know, everything's going to be top notch as it always is. And uh, these boys are ready. These folks are ready to throw a party. I think they finally picked up that this is probably a cool thing to do. <laughs> I find it funny that we had like a, a room with the exhibits the one year. Then we got kicked down to the parking garage to set up a, for the next <laughs> we had year. More and now we're into a stadium now for yeah, the third right. year. So, yeah, I mean, that just gives people an idea how much this is growing. Just kind of talk about the people, the numbers from like year one to last year. Because I imagine this year's even going to be bigger than what last yeah, year was. I don't know if you got the numbers already, if that's projecting out to be higher. Yeah. So our first year was uh, quietly done in 2019. We had 30 booths. Um, but we only had about 75 people attend. Okay, wow. it was nice. It went well. We everybody was happy. And then, of course, this little thing called COVID came around, and we didn't do anything in 2020. 
Uh, and then 2021 came and everybody wanted to get out of the house. So 500 people showed up in year two. Um, last year then was our third year, which was 750. And this year we're expecting to exceed. We, we assume we'll exceed a thousand or more. Well, I'll tell you what, that year, that year two was one heck of a trip trying to get across and back across the border. Exactly. Right right say, in fact, you even made it out of Canada. It was impressive. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Getting out of Canada wasn't the problem. It was them letting me back in. I thought they, I think they thought they got rid of they're, me finally. They're smart. Like, they were like, let's get this guy. We got him out. Let's him out here. Let's do it. They, they literally canceled my flight from Cleveland to Toronto. And they like sent me from Cleveland to Washington to Montreal to Toronto Jeez. down to Calgary. That's a smart I mean, government. I, this, this year's even going to be crazier because I'm like literally going to Newfoundland. Uh, the second to the ninth. I come home the ninth. So I'm home on the tenth. And then I'm flying back across the country. Uh, just to get down there and uh, get a piggyback from Bob Long. So I'm looking forward go. to that. But you talk about one of the biggest things that brings a lot of people in is not just the exhibits, but the stages and the different panels that we have. Can you mm -hmm. share some of these panels right now? Like we had an IDP panel last year. <clears> we obviously had some other ones. Uh, I'm waiting for the call in the lefty to come up there and warm up on the main stage there with you this year. But uh, <laughs> yeah, what do you got going on? Yeah, I mean, pretty similar to last year. I mean, every type of, you know, IDP, Dynasty, Devi, Redrafts, Auctions, Best Ball, Sports Betting, Prop Bets, um, Women in Fantasy uh, one, which was a huge success last year. And we're going to move those ladies to the big stage this year. And hopefully, Tara, you come in. You can be a part of that as well. We'd love to have you. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of the goal is just keep – you know, bringing folks in. Um, we'll have some new breakout sessions. We got some new companies coming in, showing off their 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 products or their brands. Uh, so it's it's going to be just as fun as last year. We will have again four uh, four panels going all at the same time. They'll all be recorded so that you can watch them after the fact, in case you missed one or you can't decide on between the two to go to. And yeah, it'll be you know expert mock draft, uh, the big pregame event with you know the big names like you know Marcus Grant and. Andy Barons and Bob Harris and Fabiano and all those guys will be on stage as Matt well. Donnelly, so. yeah, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I love where your where your head's going with that. <laughs> Even I cracked myself up. We, we gotta get that. We gotta get the cookout the cookout group in there somehow too. While we're oh out. yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We're, we're already talking about that as well. Well, I mean, what more? How how much more consistency can go into the expo? I mean. You're going to get quality talent all the way across the board, no matter what panel you go into. And it's kind of like the wide receiver position when it comes to fantasy, turning our attention back to the fantasy football guide. That's a great transition right there, Major. What do you got for us here off the get-go? Absolutely great transition. Uh, we did a show a couple weeks ago, and uh, Matt and I were just talking about receivers, and there's so many receivers. Like, How difficult was it for you to, uh, to like kind of rank these guys? I know – one, talk to us about how hard it was to, to rank these receivers because there's so many. And then, two, we'll just hop right into Jamar Chase. Yeah, um, you're right. It, it, it is. And, you know, as I went through them this year in Saul, I mean, you see the consistency numbers of and, – and, and, and this kind of all finally kind of made sense to me as well as we have seen this transition from what used to be nine running backs in the first round – Right. to now nine wide receivers going in the first round. And the consistency numbers show you exactly why. If you look at the running back position, there was only five running backs that were over 70% consistent. I think that's five over 75%. Um, but when you look at the running back position or the wide receiver position, 
I think there's 13 or 14. Um, so big difference. I think that's why when I put this together, I was looking at it as, okay, I, who am I going to draft if I'm in these spots? Because you kind of have to look at it that way. Like I'm number one, who am I picking? Am I taking Chase or am I taking Jefferson? And again, it's just like the other ones were, right? Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes or, you know, uh, uh, McCaffrey versus Eckler. You're splitting hairs. Um, I went Chase just because Chase was 12 for 12. He was 100% perfectly consistent in the games he played. So even after he got hurt and came back, he still maintained that consistency. Um, and Jefferson was only 76% consistent. Now, that's not terrible, but that ranks 12th amongst all wide receivers last year, even though he was first in total points. And if any of you out there had Jefferson on your team and made it to the finals, you know what I'm talking about because that 2.5 fantasy points <laughs> crushed us all. My heart bled for a week. I was like, I almost couldn't even talk, even mention the name Justin Jefferson because <laughs> I was so excited to be going to be waltz through this finals and he scores two and a half points, and I lost by like five. And I'm like, this guy just does anything normal. I'm winning, and then it was, and I lost like seven hundred dollars or something. It was very upset. Oh, uh, <laughs> before, we, before we get to the next one, like, how many hundred percenters did you have on there? How many uh, guys said a hundred? Is it just Chase? Just Chase. Yeah, no, hundred percent nice. is extremely rare. Um, the only wide receivers that I know have done it in the history of me doing this is Antonio Brown did it two years in a row. DeAndre Hopkins did it once. Um, now Chase is 12 for 12. So yeah, he's hundred percent, but he didn't play all seven, oh, 16 or 17 right. games. Right. Um, but, uh, but I think it's just those two. And like I said, Brown did it two years in a row, straight two years in a row. So he had 24 straight clutch games wow. um, in his peak. And it's very rare. Um, Kelsey was 100% last year at, at tight end. Um, it 100% is extremely rare. It really is. So, yeah. So, even getting that close at 12 for 12 is still pretty impressive. So, I love this. Um, especially with, you know, talking about the wide receiver two and Justin Jefferson. Because uh, the other day, I was in a nice little... Nice little Reddit uh, debate with someone um, around uh, the inconsistency of Devontae Adams. And you literally just like this perfectly outlines my entire thoughts around it. A lot of people pick and choose the inconsistencies that they want to see because mm -hmm. Devontae Adams had the exact same inconsistencies of Justin Jefferson and literally down to the exact like 76% rate here. Right. <laughs> like it's perfect. 17. Exactly. It's right. perfect. Um, so yeah, it's funny because Justin Jefferson, he's my wide receiver one, but you, you know, if you're taking him, you're accepting you know, maybe it'll change now, you know, with the addition of, you know, maybe a full year of Hawkinson and, you know, if Addison gets in, in there and draws, you know, some defensive attention, but you are going to take a few lumps there when defenses decide that, you know, hey, I'm okay with just locking down Justin Jefferson. That's 100% cool. Everybody else is going to have to beat us. So, that you know, that does happen. So, you know, it makes sense to me. Um, Jamar Chase was, you know, having him as number one was just by far the most consistent. I think Cooper Cup maybe his, you know, was second there in terms of I think maybe his injury, his last injury game kind of knocked him there. Yeah. out of that but but yeah justin jefferson let's talk about him wide receiver too because he is the you know the apple of everybody's eye really he is the apple of everybody's eye but again everybody doesn't see um, again unless you had him in your in the finals but 
it wasn't just the finals. I mean, he obviously missed four games that he was under 11 points. For me to pick anybody first overall or even in the top five, I'm going to have to be really comfortable. And in fact, if I'm picking second and Chase goes first, I might pivot and do McCaffrey or something. I don't know. I mean, I'm really concerned because here's the other thing I'm concerned about is now they lost Adam Thielen and they've got either KJ Osborne or Jordan Addison as a rookie. What's going to stop teams now from double, triple teaming Jefferson in, and then they saw what Jair Alexander did to him in that week 16 game. I'm not, I'm not knocking him all the way down to, you know, past number two. I still think he's that talented and they're going to get him the ball. He's still going to get, you know, 15 targets or 20 targets a game because that's what Kirk Cousins is going to do. But I'm just a little concerned when you're the lone wolf out there versus a Jamar Chase who has Higgins and Tyler Boyd and all these people, you know, to throw to if he's covered. I'm a little worried about Jefferson. Um, Not enough to move him past second yet, but Mm – I still don't know how comfortable I'm going to be if I'm sending an early one, two, three in a draft and go, mm, do I want Jefferson? You know, do I feel that comfortable or am I going to go and take McCaffrey or Eckler? And we got to forget, he's also getting protected in that lineup by one Irv Smith Jr. now too. So, uh, right. I mean, we got to feel much better about Jamar Chase. Number three on your list kind of surprises me, but it really shouldn't when you look at the numbers. Number two last year, we're talking about consistency. 15 uh, of those clutch type games last year, 88%, which was the second highest or third highest, I guess. Uh, I don't want to give away maybe a sleeper a little bit later, but it was the third highest of the wide receiver position. And it's a guy that maybe we don't think about as being consistent because they're so he's so explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's Tyreek Hill. He had a lot of up and down type weeks when he was with Kansas City because of how that mm-hmm. Chiefs offense worked. But with Tua Non there, Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins, he was pretty much the definition of consistent throughout mm-hmm. the entire season. So when you look at this number three versus your number four, I'm not going to give away number four yet. What gave Tyreek Hill the edge? Well, I think it's just that speed. Um, and the fact that Mike McDaniels in Miami knows how to use him. I mean, that was the key because let's, let's be honest, Tua missed a lot of games and, and was knocked out a lot of games. So they had a Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, as the backup. Um, who basically, you know, you throw him a three-yard slant and he goes 77 yards for a touchdown. Guess what? It's awesome. <laughs> um, and I think that's just what makes Tyreek Hill Tyreek Hill is every time he touches the ball, whether he's running an end around or, you know, quick out or, or whatever, the case with bubble screen, he's got the potential to make a lot of yards. And and with Jalen Waddle on the other side, they can't they can't double-team him like they, they you know. Um, so – in the quarterback situation is still up in the air. Um, I hope they find somebody better than Skyler Thompson to be the backup. Uh, that would be <laughs> nice. So <laughs> I'd feel much more comfortable uh, right. with him at third if, you know, two is 100% well, they, healthy or they've got somebody better than Skyler Thompson. But Well, they do have the hey, Jets still, starting quarterback from last season, Mike White, there now. Oh, well, there's always that, yes. <laughs> um, at least they'll air it out. <laughs> but speaking of the quarterbacks, though, like how – does a quarterback affect the receiver in your in your rankings? Does that play a factor at all before I get into the Yeah, I mean, there's certainly very good, you know, there's certainly some good receivers out there that have had some marginal quarterbacks and, you know, really didn't break out until they moved, you know, to a different team. Um, 
you know, most of the top guys, when you look at the guys on these lists, A.J. Brown, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup, you know, Lamb, Devon. I mean, Devontae is probably the only one right now that I'm a little worried about, mostly because we don't know if Garoppolo is going to be 100 percent healthy. Um, now, you're you know, who are we looking at as their backup? So, right. you know, as as things get closer, I mean, you shouldn't take the court. The quarterback shouldn't have that much, but it's enough like a Michael Pittman, like how, you know, if you just had somebody you felt comfortable with, if Minshew was going to be definitely the starting quarterback for sure, then I might feel more comfortable with Pittman. But right now, yeah, and I've seen his ADP starting to drop too. So um, we can all love Anthony Richardson all day for his feet. But if you're, if you want to draft Michael Pittman, we need him to do more than just run. Exactly. And and talk to me about uh, Cooper cup. A lot of people, have him rank one and you know him being the only target out out here in LA yeah. I'm pretty sure like he's going to get a lot of targets so uh talk about why what kept him from being number one just because the team around him is still kind of old <laughs> I'll just I'll just call a spade a spade here right um you know will Stafford stay healthy all year is Van Jefferson enough at number two to take the pressure off um is Cam Akers going to be good enough at the running back position? To, I mean, there's just their their defense or their offensive line was terrible last year, and I don't know if it's gotten much better. So there's just a lot of question marks around him. Um, Cooper Cup is Cooper Cup, and if he stays healthy, yeah, he's, he's going to be top ten for sure. Um, is he going to be number one? Maybe, but right, right. boy, I just feel like kind of like the Justin Jefferson thing is like, is there enough around him to? keep the defenses on this. And I'm not hundred percent sure there is. Let's talk about my, uh, the next guy. This is a guy I'm personally invested in. <laughs> and I think it's interesting how we've, you've got him um, ranked here, AJ Brown, especially because people um, obviously think super highly of Devonta Smith. And you clearly do too. If we look, you know, a little bit, you know, shortly further down the rankings, but um, you know, AJ Brown takes um, is an interesting player to kind of take into account with consistency because, you know, Overall, you know, it was a fantastic year, but for some reason he gets knocked kind of, you know, maybe, you know, he gets knocked as not having that kind of, you know, Tyreek Hill, the Cooper Cup kind of upside, yet he performed extremely well. And then you've also got a factor in Devonta Smith, who came on very strong there in the back half of the season. How do you handle, um, you know, particularly with A.J. Brown, two players that are ranked so highly? Yeah, I mean, you know, we've seen this multiple times over years, right? It can be done. We've seen certainly teams that have had two very good receivers um, and, you know, ranked in the top 20 that were on the same team. It certainly can be done. And if anybody can do it, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles and that coaching staff and that offensive line gives them all the reason in the world. Now you've got rid of Miles Sanders. I think you've got to throw the ball more because you're going to rely on either a often injured Rashad Penny or – you know, uh, DeAndre Swift, who is good catching the ball out of the backfield, but not necessarily a good runner. So I feel like A.J. Brown and the, and the amazing thing to me is, like you said, people are kind of down on him. He's like wide receiver eight pick 15. Pick 15? Is that what I had? Wide receiver nine pick 17. Mm -hmm. So he's going in round two. So you can literally pick. I could pick, you know, like Tyreek Hill or Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase and maybe get. AJ Brown in round two, like I literally would just you just hear the screams from Canton, Ohio. I, I can't be <laughs> any more excited. So yeah, and and his last eight games last year, he was hundred percent consistent. So he he by the time when he really started clicking, 
with Jalen Hurts, you know, started out a little slow, not terribly slow. Um, but last eight games, 100% consistency, I'll take him in round two every day, all day. Well, Bob, I think I've already – I'm pretty much sure I'm not going to be the Jim Brown division when it comes to the Kings Classic because I've got your strategy figured out right now. There's no way I can, in good conscience, let you get Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown in right, the first two rounds. So <laughs> It's going to happen. Take your poison, man. <laughs> so if, if you are maybe, – maybe you go heavy running back. Maybe you go Christian McCaffrey, follow that with a Nick, a Nick Chubb, who's going much later, second late second round. Nick Chubb, we're seeing him go in drafts. Who's that wide receiver? Who's the last wide receiver maybe that you're looking at? You know what? This guy could be a wide receiver one this season and is maybe not getting drafted. We know that A.J. Brown, Diggs, Lamb, Adams, St. Brown, these guys are all going to go in the first two rounds. I mean, that's kind of where they're already going. And then we get a little bit of an interesting mix of where these next group of wide receivers go in rounds three and four. So maybe you punt wide receiver till round four. Who's that guy that you feel comfortable being your wide receiver one. Because when I look at where your rankings are and looking at the consistency from last season, especially that clutch rate, there seems to be a guy that is just standing out at me that we're forgetting once again, Tara. This is one of the guys we continuously forget about each and every year. Is it Keenan Allen? I mean, is he that guy that we're like, this guy's still a wide receiver one, and we're not talking about him as a wide receiver one. You've got Justin Herbert as a top four uh, quarterback. He, mm -hmm. That means you've got to have a number one wide receiver there. And then the second question on the wide receiver position, because this is one of those hot topics on Twitter, Kelvin Ridley over Christian Kirk. I mean, we look at a lot of rankings, and they kind of go back and forth here and there. But you've made a pretty – I made a um, statement. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a statement here when you have Kelvin Ridley versus Christian Kirk. So kind of maybe talk about maybe that wide receiver one that you can get a little bit later. Maybe that's – Keenan Allen, maybe it's somebody else, but then kind of talk about that Kelvin Ridley statement that you made. Yeah, well, so Keenan Allen, love Keenan Allen, as you said, 90% consistent last year before he got hurt. Uh, so he comes back healthy. Now he is on the wrong side of 30. Um, that's definitely a thing. Uh, but what I'm hoping is, as Major had mentioned earlier, is the addition of Quentin Johnson now gives them three top receivers. Um, and by having them all in the field, and if a Kellen Moore is coming in here to implement more passing, then now nobody can, you know, and Keelan Allen is definitely Justin Herbert's favorite. Um, he's definitely that, you know, third down, third down and six, he's going to get his seven yards. And at the end of the day, he's going to have six catches for 70 yards. And guess what? That's a clutch game. And you can get him probably as your maybe wide receiver three, two at the worst three, maybe depending on if, you know, people kind of forget about the fact that he's an old man and um, or they do remember he's an old man, let him slide. Um, so, yeah, I love Keenan Allen. But, yeah, Calvin Ridley's on my undervalue uh, wide receivers in the guide. And it's because his ADP is wide receiver 26. Um, there's no reason that the Jacksonville Jaguars went out and got this guy to come on this team to not be the number one receiver. Christian mm -hmm. Kirk is very good. I get that. But if you have Ridley on the other side and he's – doing what he did just a few years ago in Atlanta with Matt Ryan, at quarterback. Yeah, this is going to be a fun time. And, and I've been done a couple best ball drafts and I've gotten Ridley as my wide receiver two or three wow. uh, because people are just like, Oh, well, you know, Christian Kirk, what Christian Kirk is okay. Yeah. I know they paid him a lot of money and he did very well because he was the number one guy in that offense um, because Doug Peterson came in and, and made it that way. 
But there's no reason they went out and got Ridley not to make him the number one guy. Um, I think it helps Kirk a little bit, maybe. And that's why I have Kirk ranked as, you know, a wide receiver three. I think he's still got the, the ability to be a solid receiver. But Ridley is going to get a ton of targets. Um, you know, ETN, they've got Tank Bigsby. Um, but they're not they're not out there to run the ball. They're out there to throw the ball with, with Lawrence at, at the hand. Um, which is why I have Lawrence actually pretty high in my quarterback rankings too. I think I'm, I think I have him ahead of Lamar Jackson. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all in on that team. That, that, that is almost fighting words. I, I'm still a big uh, Christian Kirk stand there. I think I've got him at <laughs> wide receiver 19. I think I got Calvin Ridley at 21. So, I mean, I've got them right beside each other when it comes to fantasy. I love this Jacksonville Jaguars offense. I think it's mm-hmm. gonna be fantastic for fantasy, but Major is one of those guys that always gives us crap for having Bijan Robinson so high because he hasn't done anything yet, right? He hasn't even stepped foot on a football field. But at least he played football last year. I mean, we know that Kelvin Ridley can separate. That's one of the good things he's done. But we haven't seen him in a year. Look at what happened to Deshaun Watson after missing a year. I mean, are you worried about maybe a little rust coming in there? Or are you willing to bet on Kelvin Ridley? I was going to use that same term. I was going to say, I'll bet you he'll be pretty good. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, he's, he's 27, 28 years old. I guarantee you he's staying in shape. Um, he knows what he's got going ahead of him. And let's be honest, if he can go out and have a big year, he might get a decent-sized contract to sign, either with the Jaguars or go elsewhere. I mean, he's certainly not a young chicken anymore. I mean, he's not. He's Like I said, he's 26, 27, so he's up there. Um, but he also hasn't played in, you know, in a, in a year. So the wheels are still a little bit, uh, still a little strong. Let's let's, I think he goes out there and he's got a chip on his shoulder. He's got to prove, he wants to prove that he's not done. I, I think he's going to go out and kick some ass. I'm happy to have him on my team, especially as my wide receiver two or three. Yeah. Well, we could transition here to the tight end position because it's, technically part of fantasy football uh we're not too heavy on tight ends i mean it's really been a wasteland for fantasy so when you look at the top five it's really no shocker here i mean i'm looking at the numbers looking at the name uh kelsey andrews nobody's going to debate those two being number one and number two consistency they are what they are i mean even in a bad year mark andrews would have still been with his numbers last year a down year he would still have been the wide receiver 25 if he played wide receiver with those numbers. Mm-hmm. So we know what we're getting there. But where I think it gets interesting is from tight end three down and how you want to rank it because you got a Goddard, Hawkinson, and then Kittle, which means Pitts and Waller are on the outside looking in for fantasy, which, I mean, a lot of people are scared on Pitts. I mean, no one's going to debate the talent of a kid. Sure. Mm-hmm. But we are going to definitely debate the fact that he hasn't been used or he lived up his potential. And he had a good rookie year. He Tight ends don't get 1,000 yards receiving in their rookie seasons. And he did that. He just couldn't get the touchdowns. And then last year, he just couldn't get on the field. So <laughs> we know why we have issues with Kyle Pitts. Darren Waller last year was dealing with the injuries. And now he should be the number one target there for the New York Giants. So this whole tight end position is going to be weird. But – I don't want to talk about these five, six, seven guys. I want to know because every year we have seen this from Robert Tunyon to Dalton Schultz. We've always seen um, Logan Thomas comes to mind as another tight end. Someone comes up every year from the tight end position like a phoenix rising from the ashes 
and gives you a season that we are not expecting. Is there maybe an undervalued tight end here or maybe a tight end that, because I know Tara likes to punt the tight end position. Who is a tight end that she can target a little bit later if she misses out on these first seven tight ends? Okay, so let's go with that one first. So I won't mention his name. I'm going to say he was ranked sixth in total points, 11th in consistency. So that means he's top 12 in both. Um, he's first five games last year with a healthy quarterback. He was 100% consistent. And his name is Tyler Higby. And right now his ADP is tight end 15, pick 136. Now let's move forward to this year. You've got Cooper Cup. You've got Van Jefferson at number two. Higby's kind of the third option, maybe the second option. And when, when and, and if you looked at those games, if you look at the stats from those first five games last year, when Stafford was on the field with him, his he got targeted all the time. I mean, eight, ten targets a game. He wasn't, you know, he was catching six balls for fifty yards, but that's eleven points from a guy that. Most people aren't even, I think I was doing a best ball draft and I think I got him in like round 15. And so, you know, if you're going to punt, at least get somebody that might be semi-productive. So that's my guy. He's um, the guy that, many times on that. I can't, I can't do it. He's burned me every season since like man, he's, he's been a in the jerk. Oh yeah, maybe. I don't even know that part. He's burned me every season he's been in the league. Matt um, versus Tyler Hitfee. Yeah. Right. The guy that I think has the potential to come out of nowhere, um, and you actually mentioned a little bit earlier, Matt, is Irv Smith. I like that. He goes to the Bengals, which we know is one of the top offenses. This kid's never really gotten a chance. He, if either, he, mostly because he was hurt, so he's got to stay healthy. That's that's number one. Um, you know, so if he can, you know, last year Hurts missed four games, and if he would have played in all seventeen games. Hayden Hurst last year would have been in the top 12 in points. Okay. This kid's much yeah. younger, much faster, better team, has the opportunity to really prove what he can do. Um, and so, you know, his tight, he's his ADP is like tight in 27. So again, if you want to punt, grab Higby and Irv Smith like in the late rounds. And one of those two, I think, has potential, if not both, to be fairly productive for you. So that's my kind of a breakout. Right, Phoenix from the ashes kind of thing. I'm gonna go with Irv Smith. Is there any um is there any more targets left for him in that offense though? You think he has enough uh targets to be um productive? I think so because it seems like you know when teams have pretty good defensive backs, they can only they can still only cover three of them. And so that's when we saw Hayden Hurst kind of break out quite a bit, especially teams that if you look like I remember watching when um, Hayden Hurst last year was going when they were playing against a team that was in the bottom 10 in, in or most fantasy points given up to tight ends. Like there was a bad defense against tight ends. They always seemed to focus on Hayden Hurst and that's where he had his most points scored. Um, he's not going to be super consistent, but you know, if he catches one touchdown a game, I mean, you meant when you only had to score eight points to enter in a clutch game, and you catch one pass <laughs> for 10 yards and a touchdown, guess what? There's your eight points. Um, so, you know, even if he catches two or three balls, catches a touchdown every once in a while, I think he's definitely going to be better than a tight end 27. Um, I have him ranked currently at 17. That's my guy. Yeah, you're 
you're preaching to the choir here. I'm a, <laughs> I'm a Irv Smith, well, I'm an Irv Smith truther over here. Um, uh, but I think it comes down to what you were saying too. I think the, the volume won't be incredibly consistent, but the opportunity in terms of the red zone and he, yeah. you know, and he, we did have a limited sample size that one year where he did get a little sliver of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think that's second year maybe, but, um, but yeah, I, he has that capability to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and I, it's a good, you know, he's got that, you know, he, he can be that guy yeah. for Joe Burrow. Like, I almost see him. Yeah. I almost see him being like Dawson Knox from two years ago. Yeah. Like yeah. he'll be top 12 because he'll, because of touchdowns, um, pass catches, but most of the touchdowns. You know, um, I can see him being the Dawson Knox from two years ago. All I know, what Joe Burrow's talking to his tight ends, he's like, baby, I got your money, got your money, because you look, you follow that money. C.J. Azama, he turned in 60-plus targets into a $24 million with the New York Jets. Then Hayden Hurst turned his 68 targets into a $21.75 million deal with the Carolina Panthers. You want to get paid? Go be a tight end in a Joe Burrow-led offense. It's that simple. And it's time for Erskine and all of his truthers. We can finally step up again. I mean, we've had some rough years here. We've had some really rough years going out there and touting him each and every year. I've got video evidence of Tara talking about him just a couple years ago uh, on this uh, Vipers network itself. So we we, we love to hear that. And, Bob, we love having you on the show, talking consistency, talking about the fantasy football and talking about the the NFL Hall of Fame because you're going to be giving a guy a little bit of a ride there once again because you are now I think the longest standing chaperone to the Hall third. of Fame ceremonies. So third, <laughs> I'm third highest. That's the one behind my buddy. Yeah, so I'm 34 years. Somebody's at 36, and somebody's at 38. So I'm driving to Marcus Square this year. I'm very excited. Nice. So what's that like? How does that feel? Like you like. I mean, you're just driving, but you're not just driving. There's a little bit of chatter going on there. I mean, you can't share the A couple of years ago, about, yeah, a couple of years ago, I had John Lynch. And let me tell you how much I drilled that man about information. And if, <laughs> Matt, you remember this, I got inside scoop on how well Debo Samuel was doing. So this was this was two years ago. And versus Ayuk. And a lot of people were all over Ayuk that year um, and not Debo. And I just, you know, random, you know, hey, tell me about Debo and, you know, and uh, Ayuk this year heading into the season, he's like, oh, he said, Debo is just crushing it in camps. He is just so way ahead. Ayuk is really struggling, blah, blah, blah. You know, that's all he said. Um, and so I told everybody at the expo that year when we were doing the expert mock drafts because I drafted Debo. And, you know, he ended up like third in total points that year and had a great year. So um, I really like Samuel and Debo a lot. But, yeah, I've, I've tried to get some inside scoops. That's for sure. So the key to that whole conversation there is he drafted Debo, then told everybody, not tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. So I drafted him and I said, oh, by the way. Right. So we're, maybe we'll get some uh, cowboy scoopage here after the draft. I mean, all of a sudden, if if Bob's starting to draft cowboys in the first couple rounds, I mean, I think something's <laughs> up there and we should all kind of expect. I'll draft Tony Pollard. I like him. I mean, you can't go wrong. I mean, he's basically a guarantee in the second round. You have to take Pollard in the second right. round nowadays. Yeah, right? That's no, basically how it goes. He's, I believe, one of Tara's breakout uh, performers there. You can catch her latest video over on 4 for 4 there, Doc, uh, on their YouTube channel. She dropped that just recently. Bob, once again, I mean, is there anything else you want to kind of plug? We've been talking about the Expo. I mean, <laughs> you missed the – hey, if you've – 
the early bird gets the worm. The early bird specials off, but you can still get your tickets. And I, I, I tell everyone out there, go get your tickets. It's well worth it because in that ticket package, you're it's going to pay for itself right there. You get so much, not just these cool little t-shirts, but you get so much more going there. Not just uh, the party passes, but you get all kinds of different tickets to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's forty tickets. bucks alone. Exactly. I mean, that, that's like a. Uh, an automatic thing you have to do when you go to Canton, right? We got to automatically right. go down there. Uh, by the way, I got to get a bunch of different food uh, places from you this year when I go down because gotcha. I basically lived on the Double Tree chocolate chip cookies the entire time I was down there. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. I'm about to say this, you're over it now, or what? You've been talking about for years now. This should not be just on a cookie diet. No, yeah, yeah on that package. Uh, yeah, so the package, like you said, includes. Uh, admission to both parties, a uh, ticket to the expo itself on Sunday, uh, a ticket to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, you get the T-shirt, you get the swag bag, which has like $300 worth of coupons from all the various sites in it. So it's like a $200 value for like $75, $85. Bucks. Now it's $85. But. So yeah, it's a pretty so, good deal. I don't. That sounds like a lot of free added in there. Anything free is worth saving up for. So make sure you catch that there. Head over to the Fantasy Football Expo, August 11th to the 13th, 14th, 14th. Yep, August 11th through the 13th. And the website is just the fantasyfootballexpo.com. There you go. That's it for today's show. For uh, Tara, for Major, for Bob Long, I'm Matt Dolly, And this has been the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. See you next week.